0: All right, my friends, I'm sorry to say we have reached the end of Masechus Ervin. This is Per Mishnat Mishnah Tesvav, the last of the Masechta. And we continue to discuss the topic of Eint Shvuspa Mikdash, leniencies that apply in Shabbos. But the truth is that this Mishnah really is not about Shabbos at all. It has a Shabbos application, but it actually reaches beyond the scope of Shabbos. And actually, by the end of the mission, we'll have a, what seems like a non-sequitur, going back to the topic unrelated to really largely unrelated to of Mikdash. So, let's start. The mission wants to consider the possibility of Sheretz Shenim B'mikdash. What happens if you find a dead Sheretz in the Besamikdash? What do you do? So now, just a bit of background to understand the concern. First of all, when we're talking Sheretz here, what we mean is one of the specific eight Sheratzim, these eight animals that are enumerated in the Psukim in there, Um Sheretz is any kind of small terrestrial creature, maybe the one that like kind of has short legs and looks like it's scurrying about. So that would be like you know rodents and reptiles and so on. The Pasuk enumerates specifically eight of them that when they die, their carcasses carry Tuma. Um, it's actually quite a weak form of Tuma. It's the weakest of the various avas of tuma, source of Tuma in the Torah. Um, and the Tuma is conveyed specifically by direct contact, by Maga. So just making it clear. If you have a dead sheretz that isn't on the list, it just besides those eight, another sort of animal that isn't there, and you have a dead one. It doesn't convey tuma at all. But these specific eight do convey tuma, and there's a special mandate not to introduce tuma into the base of mikdash or the karbanos. And there's actually, um, if a person would be tummy and introduce himself coming to the base of mikdash um, as being contaminated with tuma. There's actually an, an Isar a very severe penalty. But there's a law, in, in any rate, to have any um, tummy utensils, um, or in this case, an actual source of tummy, like a dead Sheretz, in the base of Miklish. So you have a mitzvah d'araisa to remove this dead Sheretz. Let's call it a rat, okay? The dead rat from the temple precinct. So the question is what to do. Now, there are a number of things to consider. The first thing is the Shabbos implications, which is that, a dead rat is muktah. And normally you can't move mukta on Shabbos, but here we're going to be lenient and say, en mikdash. we're not concerned with that because we don't have tomb inside the base of Miklis, and therefore we will be required um, to remove the dead rat under certain circumstances from the base of Miklis, even on Shabbos. So that's the Shabbos component. But there are actually two other considerations which don't have any specific application to Shabbos and would be equally applicable outside of Shabbos. And the first of those two is that you're not allowed to become Tame in the base of Mikdash, then you'd be Tame, that'd be Iser karas. That means you can't just pick up that dead rat because then you'd become Tame by touching it. And furthermore, you can't just so simply take off. And the, ko, the suggestion of the, of the Mishnah will be the initial suggestion will be that Cohen Mozio, the Hemiano, that the Kohen should take it out using his Hemion. His Hemion is his Avnet. The Avnet was the sash. There are four different specific kinds of specific begadim, articles of clothing that the koan headiat, the regular koan must wear. Um, and one of them is the avnet, this like long sash that goes around his waist. So you can use that sash to pick up the dead rat. Now, by doing so, you actually make the avnet tame. And there is an isra, there is an isra all to itself of making the kalim of the base of English that the koan we use, like the avnet, to become tame, So that would be an Isra from the Torah already. And yet we're going to do that. We're going to allow that to happen because we want the Tumah out of the base of Mikdash. And it's better that the Avnet become Tameh because if it used the Avnet, so then we're suggesting that would be better than the person using his hand directly because the Avnet, well, the Avnet becomes tame. The person holding the Avnet doesn't become tame. Remember, the only way for the dead shepherds to convey Tumah is through Maga direct contact and therefore he make the sherets, the dead rat, will make the avnet, the sash, tame as a rishon, but the person holding it will remain tahor. That's better than him touching it directly with his hand and making himself to then he'd be, he himself will be a rishon, but the point is he'd be tame, and that would be nisarkaras. That's a much more severe infraction. So we don't want that to happen. Um, so that's the second consideration, conveying Tuma to the avnet. There's a third consideration, which is you're simply proliferating tuma. Right, because you're spreading to around, now there's a new article, and then basically there's the Avnet, which is tummy. Nevertheless, the Tana here says, it's best you do it that way, and as fast as possible, take off your Avnet, grab the dead rat, and remove it from the premises. That's better, better to allow the Avnet to become tummy. And let too much proliferate than to waste time and let this tummy this Tuma source, the dead rat, linger in the basement of English. Do what you can to get out as fast as possible, says Rev. Yochan Menbroke. Rebbe Yehuda Omer, Rabbi disagrees and says that seems a bit reckless because you're going to proliferate Tuma, you're going to make the Avnet tummy, and if you don't act, it's only we're only in Sheva Al territory. We didn't do anything. We're just, Sheva Al means you just sort of sit in your hands and do nothing, and while that's the situation you're allowing it to happen is not good allowing Tuma to linger on the base of Mikdash, um, that would be better, says Rabbi Yehuda, than to actively convey tuma to Avnet, which is forbidden, and to let Tumma proliferate, which is forbidden. And instead, Rabbi Yehuda says, you go looking for a utensil which won't be makabal Tuma. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, bitzavas shall Eitz. Better you find some tongs made out of wood, because wooden utensils, they don't have a base kibble, a receptacle, like a Place to hold things like flat wooden tongs, think of it kind of like chopsticks. So then, those can't become Tame, that's the rule. Pshutekli 8s, wooden utensils that don't have receptacles, aren't Tuma susceptible. And therefore, that would be better, Shlola Rabos Esa Tuma, because that will then prevent the further proliferation of Tuma, because once you pick up with these tongs the dead rat and remove from the premises, you the code will be Tahor, the tongs will be Tahor. The rat's gone, and everything is you know. No, not, there's no conveying too much to utensils in the base mikdash, or letting it proliferate. All you're doing is just letting it linger around a little longer um, until you find those those tongs, and that is the preferred approach, says Rabbi Yehuda, and the halach would be like him. Pasquins the Rambam. Now, question says the Mishnah. Where in the base mikdash are we talking about? The base mikdash is a big place, and there are various. Um, Areas within the Basic of English of increasing Kedusha. So the question is, at what point is the presence of a dead rat such an affront to the Kedusha the base of the Basic English that we, you know, allow Shabbos to be broken with the Muktzah issue and move the rat? Um, that's the question. So we have a Machlokas here. The first Shita is, or be Shimben Nanas, who says, Umi b'Ein Ha'Ulam Danas. holds there are three specific areas, the most sanctified areas, where we simply just cannot tolerate having a dead sheretz there, and therefore um, he's going to say those are three areas from where it must be removed immediately. Those areas are the the um, the Heichal. The Heichal is the actual the sanctuary. It contains the Kodesh Kodashim, which is home to the Arunakodesh. Kodesh as well as the um, Kodesh, the Holy, as opposed to the Holy of Holies, which is home to the other three, Kalim, the Aaron, the Shulchan, and the Mesbech Hazahav. Excuse me. Sorry. The sh- what did I say? Uh, let me say those again. I don't know. For- the Menorah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize if it wasn't clear. The Aaron, the, where the Luchos Abris, the Ark of the Covenant... Where the tablets are kept, that is in the Kodesh The three utensils in the Kodesh are the menorah, the candelabra, as well as the, the Shulchan, the table which has the showbreads, and the Mizbeah Chazahav, the golden incense altar. So that's the second place. And those two areas, as well as the Ulam, which is the antechamber, the entrance, that tall entrance way, um, leads into the Heichel. So those areas, no one's allowed to go under any circumstances unless they have a specific business there, and only Kohanim. Um, as well as the area called Ben Ulam there's a 22 Amah area. And in those 22 ammas, Kohanim can't go unless they have business there, and also like a Kohan who has, like a Balmum, can never go there. So they're, it's mostly occupied by the stairs that lead up to the Ulam, but there's also the area there um, to the south, where you have the kior, the laver, and so on. So that area, also it's very kadosh, can't be gone there by anybody at any time, for nothing, and therefore those are the areas unless you're removed, the, the, from which the dead rat must be removed. According to Rav Shem Rabbi Akiva is more lenient, and he says, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva Omer, any place where you would be liable to the penalty of kares if you did on purpose and achatas, to bring a korban achatas if you did on accident by introducing Tuma there. Mosham, those are the areas from which mozino so that you must remove the dead sherets. That means anywhere that's in the Azara. It's the Azara, that's the area of the 135 wide by 187 deep area that starts from the Ezra and moves in towards the towards the Heichel. So that area is where one can't go if he's telling me under penalty of Karas. That's what we're talking about. Um Usharkolamakomos, but anywhere else in the temple precincts, meaning for example, the Ezra's Nashim, that area 135-135, just to the east of the area we're talking about, the Azara, and even like let's say the Khail around that area and so on. If you find the dead rat in those kind of areas, then Kofen alav Psachter. Just take a like a kind of they have a copper pot, and take the copper pot, put that on the dead rat so it's not unsightly, you don't see it, and wait till Shabbos is over, and then you'll promptly remove it. But we're not being lenient with muktzah um beyond the Azara, says Rabbi uh, Akiva. According to Ben-Nanas, he would say anywhere other than the Ulam, the Hegel, and bin Mazbeach, like meaning if you find, say, in the... just Ezosh as Ezosh there in the Azara, you would still put the Pesach you cover it with the pot, and wait till after Shabbos. You can't be Machal Shabbos with uh, being lenient about about uh, muktzah, even in the, in the Azara Sasi. The halacha here would be like Rabbi Akiva, so this is the Rambam, and therefore anywhere inside the Azara must be promptly removed, but you should wait, like Rabbi Yehuda says, to get your tongue so that you don't proliferate Tumah. Um, just as a side point... And also to illustrate the point, if the source of tumor were something more severe than a dead sheretz, like for example, you had like say a dead dog. So a dog is not a sheretz. A dog is a dead. Dog is called a avela It's a, a carcass of a larger terrestrial animal. So a avela conveys tumor not just by direct contact, maga, but even by masa, just just by bearing its weight. And therefore, if a person were to use let's say wooden tongs, even though the wooden tongs wouldn't become tummy, the person carrying the dead dog with wooden tongs would become tame, because Tumah is conveyed by Therumasa, because it just bears the weight of the dead dog. And that being the case, the tongs or the avnet gain you nothing. So in such a scenario, um, the best course of action then is if you find the dead dog, let's say, in a place where it must be removed, like we just described, based on Amachlokas throughout the entire Azarah, So, then the right thing to do is the Kohen should just pick it up with his hands and make a run for it to get it out of the Azara. Yes, the Kohen will become tummy, um, and that's certainly no no, but the problem is no matter what he does, he'll become tummy. Whoever takes it out will become tummy by bearing its weight. So, therefore, don't wait, no avnet, no tongs, nothing, just get it out of there. Okay, so that brings us to the end of that topic, um, which, as you see, is not really about Shabbos so much, but the Muktzah part of it certainly is, and the Kiddush is we don't worry about Muktzah on. On, on the base Mekdash, for those kind of scenarios. But other kinds of scenarios you see, even if it means having a dead rat lingering around as Nashim, we're not going to be ignoring mukta because remember, Shavus of Mikdash only applies when you're talking about a Shavus, and when you're talking about someone which would mess up the Avoda this is not that. Okay. Now one more topic as we end the Mesekta. And this is going to seem like a bit of a non sequitur. If you recall back in Mishnah Yud Gimel of our parak over here, there was a we talked about what's with a String that snaps in one of the instruments that they're using on Shabbos by the Levium to play music with the offering of the of Tamidin. The and we said that you could fix the string by tying it with a knot again, provided you're talking about a, a knot in the middle of the string, because that was a stance was going to be temporary, and a temporary knot is not a Keshe shal Kayama, therefore you're in Deribuddin territory, and we're going be leaning for that for the sake of playing music, because that's a requirement. Rabbi Shimon who doesn't explicitly say so here or there, but Rabbi Shimon Shita is, there's a Bryce that reflects this, um, that he's machmir. Rabbi Shimon says, no, we're not letting you tie knots with strings in a conventional way on Shabbos, even in the middle of a string, on your, whatever it is, your harp or your guitar or lyre, or whatever you're playing, because if you leave it there and you just decide it is as it is, it becomes a Keshe kayama, a permanent knot, and that would be an Isodor Reisah. And when we say, shfus we don't we're talking about where there's no possibility of this of an Isra happening. Shfus is like a protective fence of a durabanum. But here, if you tie the knot and you leave it, it becomes a Kesh Shokayama and therefore you're over Doriza and therefore Rabbi Shimon said, No, you can never fix it like that. He would only allow you to fix it if you use like a Neva, which kinda of like a bow. Um, like like how you bow your, sh- your shoelaces with a bow, because that's always gonna be considered a an neva, like a slip knot or a bow. Um is not considered to be any knot of, even if you leave it there, it's not considered to be a knot that's, that's of any permanence, and therefore you're only in Durbanan territory at all events. So Rabbi Shimon, though it's not explicit here, back in Mishir Gimel, Rabbi Shimon disagreed and said, we're machmir, and we're not letting you tie knots in those strings, even though it's just a durabanum. He comes up over here only because we didn't want to interrupt the series, says Yontov, we do not want to interrupt the series of, of um, shittas over there, the old Mishnai's, we're talking about various Mishnai's talking about ancient submikdash. of Mikdash. We don't want to get into this point of Rabbi Shimon yet, but we're going to contrast Rabbi Shimon being strict when it comes to not letting you tie knots in the base of Mikdash with another sheet of Rabbi Shimon, which is way back. If you remember back in the in the fourth parak, uh, in the 11th Mishnah, this is Perik Dalad Mishnah Yud Aleph, it's Dafnun Beis, <laughs> and base in the Gemara. Rabbi Shimon had a very interesting leniency. This is talking about Eruve Tchumen, totally different topic. Eruve Tchumen, you recall. Um you had two thousand Amos of of a Trum, not erev Trum, just Thuman. Um if you had two thousand Amos around the footprint of your city or whatever your Makamishvisa is, you can't go beyond that. And there were these people who were the surveyors were measuring two thousand Amos. And the Mishnah asked, What happens if you're running back home and you don't you're not within the two thousand Amos? As Shabbos comes in and the Mishnah said, You're stuck. You don't get the benefit of the the whole footprint of the city and the, it's it's Air of It's it's Trum, I should say. Um, Rabbi Shimon said, "Well, if you're within fifteen amos, we can be lenient, and if you're within fifteen amos of the of the measured, so official. Tchum, you can still be considered within the Tchum v'Shabbes, and you're and you're free like everybody else who's a resident of the city. So that's a big leniency in a din derabanan. And the question, the unspoken question, is why is Rebbe Shimon lenient with that, but he's strict with the in the, in the derabanan of tying knots." So, Rabbi Shimon's going to answer that question. That's an unspoken question, with a lot of unspoken background, but that is the background, that's an unspoken question. And the Mishnah picks up with the response. Rabbi Shimon Omer. Rabbi Shimon says, yeah, you know why I'm lenient when it comes to the 15 Amos around the Tuchom, but I'm not, we're tying strings on Shabbos in the base of Mikdash, because makam shehitiru l'chachachamim, that place where the rabbis were lenient with you, meaning that the 15 Amos wiggle room, that's mishalacha nasa They're giving you what was already yours. Meaning, since I mentioned this back then, when we explained that mishnah. Since the surveyors purposely had this like kind of fifteen amma fudge factor, so when we're being lenient to giving the extra fifteen ammas, we're not actually giving you anything. They were yours to begin with because it's built in. This little this little wiggle room is built into the surveyors' measurements from the outset. So you've like sort of gained nothing. So I'm not really being lenient at all. I'm just letting you know what was it yours anyways. But shaloi your lacha el mishum shvus over in the Beis Mikdash, the rabbi said you could be lenient with certain derubundants on Shabbos, but that's only when it's Meshum Shfus, when we're talking about protective fences that could never come to its Suray Torah, to breaking Shabbos midoraisa. But in the case of tying knots, since it could have become a derisa, if you leave it, I don't let. Um, fine. And the halach is not like Rabbi Shimon, so we can put that aside. But with that, Sliqa Lacha, Mesechas Erevin, Mazel tov, we finish Mesechas Erevin, Yisshakayyek to everybody who finished kolakavod and beezah Hashem the next mesachta will be mesaches psachim.